One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Hoare. Today I am here to bring you some of the best clips from our Red Men Plus shows from the previous week. Like I always say, if you want to check out these shows, either in video or in full in podcast forms, you can download them in your app of choice. Then simply head on over to redmenplus.com, sign up from as little as a five a month and you can get these in your ears or in your eyes in full each and every week. Right then, let's start off. With Jano Insight, I had Neil Jones in the studio. We have him twice a week. This week, we decided to speak about Trent Alexander-Arnold. And is he maybe the solution to Liverpool's midfield woes? Right then, Discord time. Got a question here from Cody Pool, 86. And it's Trent Alexander-Arnold based. Obviously, it's a, okay. bit, it's a bit of a long one, but I'll go through it anyway. Uh, should we accelerate Trent's midfield participation by looking at right-back options? I accept it will take time to get him being the best he can be in midfield, but I really think he can do that right side of the job to a top level now. So here's the question, Neil. Is it not more likely that you can buy a better right-back than Trent than buy a better midfield than Trent? So obviously, Alexander-Arnold, for context, played for England if they in midfield, albeit against weaker opposition in Malta, but absolutely ran the game, scores, assists, looked like a million dollars, wins my other match. Uh, Jamie Carragher said it to us a few weeks ago, and he, he kindly retweeted the tweet for us, nice one, Jamie, for the social impact there. He says, you know, why aren't Liverpool just putting them there? Liverpool are in the market for all these midfielders. They might just have one. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. they, they might, they, they, are they going to sign someone who's better in midfield in terms of Alexander-Arnold? And if not, would it not be easier to go and find a right-back? Yeah. It's a great question. It's a massive question here because the sister at the moment, he's doing, he, you know, basically asking him to leg it back to right-back all the time. Well, can you just stop him having to do that? Yeah. It, you know what I mean? It is a, it is a I don't know, we don't want Liverpool's... Um, plans are for trying to understand what the system's going to be going for. But if you put it in basic, keep that basic, it does make sense. Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. I think there's there's a lot of a, a facets to it. So I'll start with that. What you just said there is it, there was moments last season in that last game, last few games where I was screaming in, internally. I don't do it. I'm professional when I'm in the press box. But I was screaming internally, put a right back on when Liverpool were ahead in games. So Nottingham Forest, I think, was one. And Tottenham where it was like, well, okay, it's worked. Now we'd put a right back on and just cruise through the game. But Liverpool continued playing that sort of risk and reward thing and almost paid the price in, 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 in both those games. You know, we haven't seen it yet, have we, with Trent, with a, with a right back or with a midfielder who, who, who just, you know, that's why we spoke about Caicedo in the past, haven't we, about, I, I, I would have thought, if you... I'd have thrown all the money in the world at Caicedo personally for that reason or almost you know sort of used to just do do it both you know one's always there one's always there don't know don't care who almost um, yeah so the the next one is what you said albeit against weaker opposition I don't I don't buy that sort of 
critique almost of it, the people, because if that's all we learned from Friday, the trend can dominate midfield against Malta, that's sound, because Liverpool play a few Maltas. There'll be a few Maltas next season in the Europa League. There'll be a few Maltas in the early rounds. Of the, you know, There'll be a few home games at Anfield where you're playing against, not okay, there'll be better teams, obviously, but the same type of game. So if he's proven that he can do it, then that's that's good, isn't it? You know, even if you only need them for seven or eight games, you know the the odds, whatever. It's a, it's a boost, isn't it? You know, and I, I the other thing that that's really come out of it is it looks to me and it sounds to me from what he says that he wants to play there. <laughs> I was about to say, I think he wants to play in midfield. A now. Smile on his face. Yeah, there was there. a bit where he said, didn't he? I think he said to the, after the game to the Channel Four. It feels natural. I think that's how he, he put it. It feels natural, and that I, I'm not saying he's sort of making political sort of statements here, but I do think there's a message. And he said it to me actually. I met him at a Red Bull event not not so long ago, and he sort of said similar. He said it feels like just back to the academy days of like you know, I remember this, you know, and I, I know what to do. It's not a case of like oh wow, I'm having to sort of you know really adapt to this. I think he wants to play there. And I wonder, I wonder whether he, you know, if that was to be expressed to the manager, what's the reaction to that? Does the manager say, "You don't decide where you play," you know, or does he actually go, "Okay, like we actually think you can do it"? So what does that do? I think so. The simple question from Cody is: It more likely we get a better right back than Trent than a better midfielder than Trent? I think they're both very difficult to do. I still think it's harder to find. If Liverpool are going, if Liverpool are going to play at the the way Liverpool have played for the last four years prior to the, well, you know, ignoring the last ten games of this, I still think it's harder to get a better right back than Trent. But right now, if Liverpool were to play the way that they've played at the back end of the season, I think it's probably at least in the balance, and maybe even leaning towards buying a right back would would be easier. But then again, you know, who? So who 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 are you looking? You know, who who's your right back? Then you know, you're not getting. You're not getting Reese James, are you? You know, you're not getting Kieran Trippier. You, who, who's your who's your sort of right back that you're looking at at the moment? Going, that's the obvious solution, isn't it? It, it might be, it might be a centre back, right back. You know, it might be a sort of an Akanji, you know, John Stones sort of situation where you just you just get someone to fill in there. But I do think this debate. I think, listen, I think here's here's the way I put it. I think the first time Jürgen faces the press in pre-season, I think that's going to be one of the first questions he gets asked is, what's happening with Trent? I suppose, my, my thing on the number eight thing is right, that Liverpool number eight actually don't have the ball that much. Yeah, Jones isn't on the ball that much. His job is to get it and give it. And, yeah, and, and Henderson's a lot of, does a lot of yeah. run, decoy running when he plays in that if, right I side. I think if Alcantara was going to be in midfield, it would almost have to be like a bit deeper. You, you want him on the ball as much as you want. I think that's why the, the role of, that he was in at the end of last season kind of worked was because he was always the spare man. Yeah. I don't think you want Alexander Arnold back to goal. Like how many times does Kerr to get the goal and he's back to goal? Yeah. You don't, that's what you, you know, you definitely you, I don't you think mean? you'd play him in that upper the two be, the two of, at the top of yeah. the box, if you want to call it that, in, in that, that midfield. You're right. I you, I think he needs space and he needs probably needs the game in front of him, you know, because what's his best asset? It's his passing range, isn't it? So his passing range is useless if he's if he's receiving the ball between the lines, you know. Flipside is for England, get him near the goal and he can score. Yeah, <laughs> and, and for Liverpool, you know, we've yeah. seen him do it. I mean, you know, he, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, was it Carragher said it? Did he say he could get 10 goals and 10 assists from midfield? I, I, I completely agree with him. I mean, he's not far off from right back, is he? I mean, definitely, he always gets the assists. 
you know, he, he, he chips in with plenty of goals. I think the one the one I was looking at on, on Friday was like, right, the next free kick that gets put down and James Madison and Trippier were over it. Give it to Trent. Come on, like let's 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 have him taking those free kicks. But he's doing it from open play as well, isn't he? We saw it. The goal was very similar, wasn't it? So was it Bournemouth last year? He scored in the at Anfield. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's there's still some bits to figure out in terms of how would you put Trent in midfield if you were to start him in there. Maybe the fact that he drifts in there is that. I mean, it's not maybe it is by design. Liverpool prefer that because they feel like he's harder to pick up from from that area as opposed to being stood in there waiting for the ball to come in to his feet. But I really do think we've seen, just from his point of view, I think we've just seen something, a little switch go off where it's like, I'm, I fancy this. I really fancy this. And I think he does feel like there's a long-term possibility of him being in it. Playing there for England, it's only going to... It's only going to help his cause, isn't it? I mean, I'm, we don't know. Who, I don't even know who they play. Who they play tonight? They play someone tonight, don't they? If he's in there again in a in a, in a tougher in a tougher fixture, then that'll you know and shines. That asks another question, doesn't it? And adds adds a bit more fuel to the fire. So there's a lot there's a lot to um to ponder around Trent. I haven't heard from Liverpool's side, that's the other thing to say, is I haven't heard from Liverpool's side that uh, we are suddenly looking at right-backs, but they let Calvin Ramsey go on loan last week, which I think was a good move for everyone. Just for, he's, he's basically a year behind almost in his you know his, his progress, isn't he, because of injury. You've got Conor Bradley there. I wouldn't be amazed if he goes on loan, but you know I think he'll get a chance in pre-season maybe to show, show what he's about. James Milner's left, the, the backup right-back really from last season. Obviously, Gomez is still there. There is, you know, potentially a short a shortfall. Even if even if Trent's the right back, isn't it? There's still probably a, a little bit of a, a question mark around that. So we'll see if if some right back names start emerging. But I haven't heard it yet from Liverpool's point of view. You know what I'm saying? And well, trying to gauge Liverpool, I always think it's quite easy. I know this might sound mad, but like in terms of like what Liverpool are looking for from transfers in a window, you go into it going, I think they're going to want him if he's the striker. Yeah, yeah. And I think because we don't know. What they're going to do next year? Are they going to stick with this box midfield? Are they going to be what they used to be? Did Jurgen just do that because the legs have fell off midfield? But if he gets his midfielders back, he's going to revert back to what he's always done. That's what does make it difficult because mm. that's with, with, with the thing with Alexander Arnold is he's in Liverpool's best team no matter what. Mm. It, 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 it's just where you put him, and it's almost like you build the team around him. And we there's not there's been no clues either way really as to from what like they're interested in midfielders and maybe a centre back that doesn't really impact Trent Alexander Arnold's position. He could be either or. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what I'm... Uh, there's been like no clear sign that's going to go right. And to be fair, City didn't do it. City didn't just telegraph that John Stones was going to be a midfielder. No. They just can't, maybe they stumbled upon it and it just worked out. But sometimes you can just stumble upon things. And I do wonder, like through the madness of last season and what everything happened and Liverpool having to change, they've, they they've realised what Alexander-Arnold can do when he's in, in the middle of the park and it's better than what he can do at right-back with the ball. It might just be that he stumbled onto something, and that that could change it. That could change plans. It could change a lot of different things. It could, yeah. Again, it it also proves that, you know, when we make these sort of definitive judgments on players, you can still players can still evolve and improve. I mean, I, I think I think if you'd have said probably twelve months ago, John Stones doesn't play for City at the end of this season. As in, he's gonna they're gonna look to sell him. I think people would have said, "Yeah, I can see that." You know, that sort of moving towards. You know, he's been injury prone, or they've got Diaz now, and they've got the port, and but okay, you know. But 
he's probably playing the best football of his career, isn't he? You know, boss in midfield in the Champions League. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and FA Cup final, you know, yeah. brilliant. You know, so when we sort of say, oh well, no, you know, I've been guilty of it. To be fair, I've been asked. I think it's probably one of the questions non-transfer related that I've been asked the most probably in, in the last three or four years has been Trent in midfield and I've always sort of been like no he, well, he plays right back you know like he's never played there before why would you suddenly start changing things that have been working but when things weren't working which they weren't and everything was sort of not working wasn't it never mind just Trent at right back the whole midfield wasn't working the forward line wasn't working the, the centre-backs weren't playing well you know only the goalkeeper really was, was doing his job so they tried it and like you say it's worked He's only 24. There's so much potential there, isn't there, that you get you get a player. You know, I'm not saying he could be quite De Bruyne, but you know, if the if the ball was dropping in that area and you had either those two running up to put the ball in for a cross or a shot, you could spin a coin almost over who you wanted to fall to, couldn't you? So there are definitely sort of possibilities for Liverpool in there. I think the last. You know, I haven't been overly convinced by the last 10, 10 11 games of the season as a, as a general Liverpool thing. But that that is one of the things that's come out of it in the sense of he looks like he's he's got some fire back in his belly, he looks like a smile back on his face, like you say, and he looks like someone who, whether, whether Liverpool are up for it or not, it looks like he's determined to give them something to think about, if nothing else. Thanks for Neil. Yeah, that show is twice a week, every Monday and every Thursday over on Redmen Plus in full. Do go and check it out. Moving on then to the biased Transfer Podcast. It was Paul, it was Dan, it was Chloe and it was myself and we had a big old chat about the Saudi Arabian League, the influence that they're having on European football. So yeah, check out our chat on the Saudi Arabian Football League. Should we do... From here on out, for the rest of the transfer window, the Saudi Arabian update <laughs> and see which footballer has been linked or moved this week. Because can we play a game? Yeah, find a player who hasn't been linked to Saudi Arabia yet who's going to end up in Saudi who's Arabia. Who's next? Or yeah. can we get someone so heavily linked that they end up getting moving there? The Ryan Babel um, transfer deadline day approach. Yeah. It's worth a, mm. a worth of consideration. Ruben Neves to Al Hilal for forty-seven million pounds. Mm-hmm. He's got one year left on his contract. Um, what the fuck is what the what the fuck are they like? What? Who, who from whose point of view? It's great business for Wolves. All all around, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Friggin' out. Mm-hmm. How? I mean, what? Okay. <laughs> From Wolves, from Wolves' point of view, they needed the money badly because yeah. they were fucked from FFP and the manager was going to leave. So that's probably helped them out. From Ruben Neves' point of view, ka-ching. Like, absolute wade in. Um, there's a reason he ends up at Wolves in the first place. I think he's very linked with the Mendes stuff, isn't he? I think he could mm. be with that one. And from the Saudis' point of view, this is the point. When you you go and get your superstars, you get Benzman, you get Ronaldo, but you've got to pad the league out with good... And Ruben Neves is a good player, an international player. Mm. If you want your league to be watchable, it can't just be Ronaldo, Benzman and loads of dosses. Yeah. It's a general standard of the league. has got to get better as well. So it's not the first one. There'll be loads of these players. There'll be loads of them going about. And it's a great move for... for you know, in terms of listen, his career now, I mean, he might—he's twenty-four, twenty-six, twenty-six, twenty-six. He could go there for what two years and still come back, go and absolutely make a fortune, and, and no, then get yourself back. Okay, yeah, and I was going to bring this up later, but I think this is as good a point as any to jump in this. D- haven't we done this? Wasn't this the Chinese Super League? Yeah. And this, no, nowhere uh, near as much money. The money here is, and this money is, the Chinese Super League wasn't stay funded. Well, 
probably was. I mean, but, yeah, it, was I mean it probably was, but it was, it's a different kettle of fish. The the, the Saudi, Saudi Arabia are going into listen. They've just bought golf. Yeah. They have boxing. They've got UFC. They've got they've got everything. They're going big on it, and the the money is it's unlimited. Mm. You know, they are bazillion bazillionaires. The is a PIF. That, so yeah. it's not going to run out. This, I don't think this is one that just goes. But that's away. that's the difference, isn't it? Sorry, that's the difference. The Chinese money didn't run out necessarily. They bought laws in to stop it. It was taxable, weren't they? So the, the Oscars of this world weren't actually making the money that they were when they actually first joined. So I think that's on that state. I think you're right. This isn't going to run out. This isn't ending anytime soon. And that does make you wonder why someone like Ruben Neves wouldn't just wait. Like he, he might feel like he strikes while the iron's hot and makes all this dough right now, but it feels to me like. More like Ikula Bali's this world and Benzema's and N'Golo Kante's. They're older, they're reaching that point in their career where they should and need to make this move. But Neves, he wanted to play for Barcelona forever. Yeah. Like, that's done now. That dream's over. So no, it's not. It is. 100% like, not because they went aside. They were, they got Palinio, was it, who went to China and came back to Barcelona. So one example they won't, no, they won't give a fuck. This is what this me points is that I think the Saudi thing isn't going away. I think it becomes a place where people go for a bit and then come back I don't I'm not shocked by it what what I am shocked by is that the the fee is for I don't think that's like a, I don't think that's a stupid amount of money I'll be honest with I you do. I I think they could for a midfield a 26 year old midfielder one year left on his deal but they don't give a fuck about that yeah for the contract I agree but in terms of he's probably is like a 45 million pound footballer I think he probably is. But if, if he went to any know. normal club in inverted commas, you wouldn't get anywhere near that money. I think he would have. I think when Liverpool or Barcelona buy in this summer, he's not getting that. I reckon you'd get 25. I Just because the contract thing. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, have the contract thing. I think in terms of as a player, and also again, this is the point with Saudi Arabia, money's no object. They've just bought a sport. Never, no, mind, yeah, yeah. never mind a player. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, it's stupid. Mm. And all these, like the, the issue I've got, and, and I came up with the Benzema stuff, and I kind of said, I understand why he's gone. 600... Was it six hundred grand a week, millions and millions? I get it, but like, there is everyone's got a price, I suppose. I'm there. So that's where yeah. that's where we're at now. Is that everyone's gonna have a price? And listen, I wouldn't be shocked if two years time they're on the phone to Mo Salah, or you know, or every player is gonna be given an offer to go mm-hmm. somewhere now. That and that be that what that's gonna do. I do wonder how it impacts Europe going on about it because if the wages there are that big. Does, does everyone else have to try and keep up? Because I don't know if you can. What? I think it's literally going to kill the sport because that's a lad who's about to go into the peak of his career. He had his heart set on Barcelona for the past six months minimum. He agreed terms with Barca, but because they haven't put a bid in yet and Saudi Arabia's all of a sudden came in, he's going there for money. It's not setting a great example to all these players who it's just it's going to make... Europe, which is deemed where the best football is, it's not going to do that because the best players are just going to go to other to Saudi Arabia for money. Um, At some point, <laughs> it's it's one of these. Where it's like, I wonder if Europe's just got lazy. You know what I mean? Like th- th- that that might be what it is. No, we, we... no what happened is other places have I mean, loads of the Middle East is throwing money around yeah. around yeah, the, yeah. the European. Maybe well, I said this on the on previous iterations of the show. That's what PS. That's what Qatar did with PSG. That's why they bought Neymar. Not just because they said to say we bought the name. Not just to say we stole the heir apparent of Barcelona. It was because it it 
it, through the market into chaos and it made all of a sudden only a very small clutch of football clubs capable of competing yeah. and the ones who tried to compete went nearly went bust by Barcelona Barcelona fuck Barcelona got paid got to use a steorism got weighed in big time for Neymar just in terms of the dough that they received for it but what it meant was all of a sudden, Messi is the best player on the planet, but not the most, not, not the best played paid player on the planet. So you then have to do parity, and, and then you've got Coutinho, to parity, parity, and then they have to replace him, and that's why Coutinho ends up. Yeah, yeah it's not, side. it's not looking good if if Wolves are getting fifty million for Ruben Neves. I'm, I'm worried about what, what our any of us are going to keep up with that. The, is the Chelsea thing next, or can we bring it in now? The because it'll always be. I wonder. I it do is wonder. linked on the on the Chelsea on the Chelsea. Well, just just lastly, just quickly, just in terms of the names, Bernardo Silva has been linked there today as well. That's been the latest rumor we've seen. Obviously, Ronaldo's the most celebrated one to go there so far. He tried to get Messi. Tried to get Messi. Kante's gone. Yeah, Kante. Lukaku yeah. said no to them. Mendy, and Edward Mendy, Mendy Ziyech. The Chelsea things. Yeah. So do go on, Chelsea then, because we had another approach on Chelsea, but I think this this will segue. What I'm saying is that this is where it gets murky, is that there's an investment firm who who have got investments linked with Chelsea, buying all of Chelsea's players to get Chelsea out of the FFP mess. That's where, like, I've got no issues per se. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's that's too strong, of of people just spending their own money on players. But this one with the Chelsea thing, it feels a bit murky. It feels a bit... You're trying to say can navigate rules and, and it's another way. That's the thing with these rules. You keep finding FFP rules, and you keep finding all, and then rich people find ways around them yeah. all the time because that's what rich people do. It's how they got rich and it's how they stay rich. Yeah. They know the game and they can find ways around the game. Like that's what we're at with Chelsea now. They're going to sell these lads who they don't want, who no one else wants, and they're going to get massive fees for them and get them off the books. Who the fuck's buying Angolo Kante? He hasn't played. He's played one game. Us. Yeah, he'll still end up fucking play. We'll, we'll end up drawing them in the FA Cup or something. No, yeah. look, but he's done nothing for a year. But they're going to give him big money, big wages because and Chelsea are made up to do it. Obviously, that's where it's a bit murky. The rest of it is just listen, really, really rich fellas, sport washing. But yeah, no shit, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, but football turned a blind eye for far too long to sports washing, and European football did it. You mentioned PSG and Qatar, and you mentioned City and 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 the the UAE, the Dubai money, or whatever you call it. Um. This is next. This is what's next. It was always, it was leading this way for ages. It happened with Formula One. They got a race, yeah. and then they get the next, and then they got, and then it happened with golf. Always live now because we've had a game. The times it with boxing. They, you, we open the door. Come, come and invest in our teams. Come and buy all our best players. Come and but, but oh, and now we're moaning after taking all the players away. Well, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Football welcomed Middle Eastern money into, into football, and this is this is what we're getting. From at it. the moment, it is all it is a bit Chinese Super League at the mm-hmm. moment because you're not you're not. At, I mean, Ruben Neves is interesting, but you are talking around a he's a Premier League. He's, he's just he's just a Premier League footballer, isn't he? You know, he's not the best midfielder in the Premier League. He's not. You know, he's he's probably good enough to play for a top Premier League team, but equally, he's been in the Premier League for. Four seasons now, yeah. and no one's been. Would Bernardo Silva, if, if, if Silva went there, if Silva yeah. went there, would that change your mind? It's the money. Yeah, that would yeah. be. That, that's a that's a player who could play for anyone. He's peak of his powers. A player yeah. who could play yeah. for anyone. Yeah. Mine's the money. The, the like, wh- why is he going for forty-seven mil? I, you wouldn't uh, even if he had three, four years left on his contract, I would not be paying 50 million for Ruben Neves. They don't care. No, I get that, but this is the knock-on effect of 
if the likes of Chelsea, so if if City turn around, City have got all the power in the world. Mares is in talks with Saudi Arabia. Bernardo Silva is. There's probably a couple of other players in there that are. City have all the, all the time in the world to sit there and say, give us 150 mil, give us this, give us this. And Saudi Arabia will go and do it. And then FFP gets lobbed out the window because they're getting inflated prices for players. We need that Joel Fucking f- no, no, it's true. Selling him there, but you know what this is like. It's a bit like introducing a new predator into an ecosystem. Yeah, I don't know that it really impacts Liverpool, but it, but it could impact it, for good or bad, like a Man City or whatever. You know, like well, all of a sudden players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, just for the flip side of it, is that there's other players there for whom they might actually kick around for another year and actually benefit Man City's squad. Whereas all of a sudden they're going, well, I can sit around on City's bench. Yeah, I'll win, but we win all the time. Or I can get double my money and live in a, an amazing climate. And like, again, what what the, the, how welcoming and inviting they are to rich people in those parts of the world. They're making it. It's a rich person's playground, isn't it? That kind of thing. Go over and do that. That's something we can't predict. What does it do to leagues like Serie A? What does it do to... Does it do to La Liga? Because again, look, ben, Benzema could do, could have done another year at Real Madrid quite easily. They're bringing Hosselu back in mm-hmm. on a on a year long loan for like yeah. a million and a half euros, yeah. and to effectively replace Karen Benzema. Like, is that is that gonna? What's that gonna do? What's that look like? That's that's now. That's an immediate impact in a year's time, in two years' time. It is. It's gonna change the landscape of where players are moving and what they're. What, I don't know. I, again, I don't have no business. That's what MLS was meant to be, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Like that, because and everyone said it was gonna be that, but there's, ne- there's never been enough money in MLS to do it. Messi might change that a touch, but like because of the fact that you've got those like denominated players thing and and limited budget in MLS, that always stopped that from from, from I think going like, beyond. The thing with China compared to this, and another reason I think it's different is that footballers go to the Middle East all the time. Honey, yes. they go to Dubai all the time. It's yeah. it's way it's well closer than China for a start, but they go they spend a lot of time in Dubai anyway, and it's only round the corner. So it's not you know it's and like I say going to China, it is I know it's a different culture. I know Saudi Arabia is, but the way they treat their rich people, you know, the language is the same, and they are well looked. At. I think China was completely it was it was completely yeah. different. I think fo- every footballer goes on holiday to Dubai. They're used to the they're used to the climate, they're used to the area, they're used to the travel. I do think that plays a part in it. I wouldn't be shocked if some of them live in Dubai yeah. and are just jet in to play matches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That wouldn't be a shock if they managed to do all that kind of stuff. So I think I don't think it I don't think it goes away like China went away. China went away because it fucked itself over with taxes. Now I might be wrong, but I don't think the Saudi government are that arsed. <laughs> about who's no. paying what because they're not, they're not, they don't give a toss. So I think it is interesting. I think it is now. I think we, you, I think how it impacts us from a Liverpool point of view is what Chloe said. Other teams now will have way more money because Chelsea were knackered. Wolves yeah. were knackered. They couldn't sign players, yeah. and all of a sudden, a couple of deals. Oh, it's, the world is right again, and we can go back into it. It's interesting this the fact that the Saudi Public Investment Fund have bought those four clubs yeah. in the Saudi Pro League. I mean, this is I just checked it's a sixteen-team league. You, you're making it again. You've, you, it'll be watchable if you if you equally fund those four teams and you you fill it with a bunch of stars. Because that was again the problem with the it depends what they're looking to achieve. Because I've actually seen some Middle Eastern articles already starting to do the how does this affect homegrown talent and all that kind of stuff. And we've seen Middle Eastern teams obviously do do decent things at, at World Cups and what have you over mm-hmm. the years. Um, the idea, I guess, then you have the counter argument is, well, it's going to help bring quality along yeah. because if you're training with Ronaldo... Me and Danica cricket gonna... fans, and we watched the IPL, that's exactly what they did. You were allowed like four or five foreign players mm. and then 
young Indian players, mm. but the four or five foreign players were the best foreign yeah. players. And it's it was, helped Indian youngsters no end. By yeah, the way. They're phenomenal. The, the, the Indian yeah. was just ridiculous, because, and that, that's one way they could do it. Where you, you know, you're allowed your four superstars, but it's not like MLS where you end up with like the R. You you could end up with with proper superstars. I. Again, I'm, 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 but that four-team thing is, is interesting because you're effectively recreating the idea of like, let's look at the Premier League competition. Let's create a top four. Yeah. You know, let's have four, so you can have you, you can pick a team. Match if you want to come into it now. It's not like they're gonna almost the problem with MLS is like it's a bit like that formula. It was, it was I don't know if it was, it was Formula E, but it was that one where they had the same cars. About ten years ago, they released that one. It was like well, it's all about the talent and blah, blah, and everyone, no one gives a shit about it because they know people really like the cars. Um, but if you've got a choice of teams that you can go over there, and they've got a particular bunch of stars that you might be able to get behind. Listen, mate, if Ronaldo's playing Karen Benzema next week, people will watch it. Yeah. They, just, they just will. Like that's just where mm. you know if, if they've got Messi, every the billions will watch Messi v Ronaldo. There's enough players out there where they can get eyes on it for now, and that's what they're after. It, it is. We all know it's sports washing. It's it's it just is what it is. Do we think Messi's dropped the bollock not getting involved with this? Well, I think I, I think his deal with MLS has worked out. It's decent for him. Yeah. But if Saudi's gonna, if so many eyes are gonna be on Saudi, yeah, but he gets, he gets, he's got like deals with Apple <laughs> and deals with with him. So, or was it for everyone who signs up to watch the games, he gets a percentage. And oh yeah, yeah. He gets ah, a franchise. Way, he, could, he could still end up in Saudi in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. He gets a franchise as well. The end he doesn't to, he? He has to buy an MLS team. I think Messi's yeah. fine. Oh god, yeah, no, no, no. But I'm, I, I agree on all that. That, but just, just playing future. But it was, wasn't this. it going to? Wasn't it going to Saudi Arabia that fucked him over with PSG? Wasn't that yeah. the? He went on a little trip. He went on a little trip to Saudi, yeah, yeah. and he was, he, he was. I think he, I think he is still sponsored by Saudi Arabia, like the tourism board. I think he's still got links. I think he might be double dipping a little bit. You know what I mean? There, but you're right. If either went there. And it was Messi v Ronaldo. I don't want. I, I, I probably would have watched that. Well, that's my kind of thought on this: is that yeah, the MLS thing sound. I'm just not sure there's a sink, there's a footballer on the planet who's going to make MLS bigger or better than it than it is. You know, they've tried. Maybe kind of Tim, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is like the the, the end game, and this is like if he can't, great, you great, you on an MLS franchise, but but you own a what a, a small to moderate sized football club the best football teams you look at like um, Portland Timbers or whatever like you know they've got a huge following they're, they're like a, a rabid support Columbus Crew nearly got shut down and moved to another another state a couple of, a couple of years ago and all this kind of stuff and they're one of the most historic football teams in, 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 in oh, soccer, soccer teams in America um, it's interesting interesting to see what happens quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, obviously the Saudi stuff is going to run and run and run, isn't it? There'll be bids all the time, loads of money. It's 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 a thing. It's definitely a thing. Let's put it that way. Moving on then to transfer insight. Dan Club, the man, always gets people on the phone who he needs to speak to and who you guys need to listen to. This week he had Kerry. How Kerry is a lead journalist for Sport One. They had a big old chat about Bayern Munich's Ryan Gravenberch. Of course, a target for Liverpool were led to believe. Here's what Dan and Kerry had to say about that particular Dutch football superstar. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Redmen TV and your latest edition of Transfer Insight. My name is Dan Club, and I am delighted to say I'm joined by the chief reporter for Sport One over in Germany, Kerry Howe. Kerry, how are you doing? You good? Thank you. Hi, Dan. I'm fine. And you? Yes, mate. I'm brilliant. Thank you very much. I'm really good. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Bayern Munich midfielder Ryan Gravenberch and a potential move away from the Allianz Arena this summer. And Liverpool are extremely interested in signing the Dutchman, I think it's fair to say. Liverpool liked him before he joined Bayern. Um, obviously, he chose to join uh, the Bundesliga champions. Didn't have the season he was probably expecting, I think it's fair to say, over in Germany. And I think we're all kind of expecting a major decision over the next few days because he himself, I said he needs to have some conversations, probably with Thomas Tuchel. Where do you think we're at in terms of Gravenberg to start with, actually? Why do you think it didn't work for him his first season? What went wrong? Well, uh, difficult, a difficult season in general for Bayern Munich, but it's always like kind of complicated if you come from Netherlands to Germany. It's a, it's a difference. And Ajax Amsterdam is another club than, than Bayern Munich. It's simple like that. You have to find new friends. You have to learn language. You have to settle in the in the dressing room, and uh, you have also you need the trust of your coach. And Kravenberg um, didn't have the trust from Julian Nagelsmann. And uh, from Tuchel, it was better. So, um, but still difficult because you have so much competition in the midfield in Bayern Munich. Um, and when he played, uh, he didn't show the confidence he actually has. So it's a very difficult first season for Kravenberg. But um, yeah, he's still young and uh, can improve and learn. Yeah, 100%. Um, you mentioned the confidence he did have there. He was amazing for Ajax. Like, obviously, Bayern Munich wanted him. Liverpool wanted him at the time. He makes a £20 million move um, and €80 million, Euros, I think it was, to Bayern. I think Liverpool were disappointed to miss out on him. You've said yourself that his future is uncertain following the departure of Hassan Salihamidzic because you described him as a Salihamidzic player. Do you believe he remains uncertain at Bayern? What's the latest on his situation? Yeah, I mean, if you give that many interviews uh, saying that you are not happy with your situation, I don't think that you are with your head at Bayern Munich. 
hundred percent. So um, I know that they spoke in February already with Liverpool, uh, his camp, and he is very interested to join to join Liverpool and to uh, go into the Premier League. It's uh, it's a desire, but also uh, he knows that if Thomas Tuchel say I will count on you hundred percent, then also he will. It's the possibility that he stays. So. It's it's a very difficult situation right now. They will speak and you have to communicate. You have to have a clear plan because last season, uh, last year, he joined Bayern because they promised him also to be already a good starter, to start matches and to gain confidence, to gain like also um, the possibility to, to go with Netherlands to the World Cup. And mm-hmm. in the end, he didn't play uh, for Bayern Munich. Then he didn't go to the World Cup and he became frustrated and already told some teammates that he is not happy in Munich and that he would like to leave. So and it's always a sign if you, if, as a player, speak um, in public that you are not happy. And it was not only one interview. It was, I think, now five, six interviews. And Bayern Munich, they know that he's, um, yeah, he's keen to, to do something different if Thomas Tuchel... Uh, doesn't count on him as a regular starter and I see it's very difficult because you have so much uh, competition in Bayern Munich's midfield you have Joshua Kimmich um, Konrad Leimer now coming and they are very happy with Leimer's performances at Leipzig in the second part of the season um, you have still Leon Goretzka in the squad uh, Marcel Zabelzer returning but he will leave mm. um, but still difficult to find a, a real spot for Ryan Kravendich yeah, absolutely. And Jamal Musiala, I know he's a bit more attacking, but he's still another option. He's a wonderful player. I love watching Musiala play. I think he's brilliant. You mentioned yeah, there. Amazing. amazing. Yeah, he's so good. He is so good. You mentioned there's a conversation to be had there. There's a lot of work at Bayern Munich to be done. Obviously, we've seen the end of the season. They end up winning the Bundesliga, but Khan leaves, Sally Hamadich leaves, Thomas Tuchel's relatively fresh to the job. Do you think we've seen links to Declan Rice? Now, that move looks like it might not happen now. But do you think Bayern Munich still wants another midfielder? Is there somebody else to come in? You've already signed Conrad Leimer. Is there a chance they sign another midfielder? And that means Graven Birch has got even less minutes, potentially. Yeah, they're still watching or observing the market and they want the real number six. So, uh, holding midfielder who can like also... Yeah, play as a number six and help also Joshua Kimmich in the midfield because Kimmich is not a real number six. He's more number eight. And Bayern won the real like Casemiro type of, mm-hmm. of player. Um, player good against the ball also. And Gravenberg is also a different player. So I remember he started as a number eight at Bayern and uh, there were also some matches when he was subbed in for Jamal Musiala as number 10 uh, because he didn't defend that well. So that was mm-hmm. also the main point for Julian Nagelsmann, not to giving him that many minutes. Um, because he was not happy with his defensive work, um, but yeah, let's let's see. I think Bayern they, they it's so early. I mean, it's uh, it's June and they're observing the market and uh, Rice won't come. It was desired player from Thomas Tuchel, but yeah. he's too expensive for Bayern and he didn't. Yeah, he doesn't want to leave uh, England. And I understand players playing in the best league in the world. They don't want to play against Darmstadt or Heidenheim in the Bundesliga. Also, although you you can win the Champions League with Bayern Munich, this mm. is always a possibility. But um, I understand the Declan Rice not not joining Bayern Munich. Um, on the other side, uh, they are watching and observing the market, and it's still a possibility that the new player come um, for this position. And Kravenberg, uh, my opinion and my feeling is that uh, he will say he wants to leave Bayern in the next days, and uh, then they will check because you cannot uh, stay with a player who doesn't want to play for you. No, and you think. If Gavin Burst does have the conversation with Thomas Tuchel, like we're all expecting him to, and it does turn out that 
Thomas Tuchel can't offer him the minutes that he wants. He can't guarantee him regular first-team football. Do you think Bayern, because sometimes in the past, clubs have gone, well, you're our player. It doesn't matter. Do you think Bayern would sell him? Do you think they'd be open to letting him go? Because you don't want a player that doesn't want to be there, I guess. Well, it was a Salihamidzic player, like I, like I said some weeks ago, and Salihamidzic wanted him to stay, and now Salihamidzic is gone. And um, there's still Marco Nepper, technical director, is uh, in charge um, and planning the squad. And he was also always in favor of Ryan Gravenberg. But in the end, uh, it's the coach, the manager, who has to decide who's playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see Thomas Tuchel uh, giving so many minutes to, to Ryan Gravenberg. Because he will have, uh, if a number six uh, arrives to Munich, he will have Joshua Kimmich as number eight. And uh, maybe the system will change a bit. Jamal Musella can also play a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have Konrad Leimer, Leon Goretzka, who wants to stay. I spoke to Goretzka in an interview some days ago and he, he promised me, I want to stay. There's no other plan for me. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's still early and uh, anything can happen. But I think Gravenberg, he would be a, a great fit also for Liverpool because he has the potential. Thanks to Dan and thanks to Kerry for that one. And then next up, it was Dan again, this time with Matt Addison. They had a big old chat about Liverpool's youth players. Who should we keep an eye on this season? Are some of them going to go on loan? Who's going to be in the squad? All that kind of stuff. Matt is an absolute superstar when it comes to covering the Liverpool youth sides for Liverpool.com. He does a little bit for The Echo as well, the Blood Red podcast. So yeah, go and check Matt's workout, but also check out this amazing conversation he had with Dan Club. Maybe maybe a few Liverpool fans wouldn't have heard of too much um, in terms of, of his quality, but I think he's you know he's got a really good chance of, of going far. I think what we've seen from him, um, I think still only 18, maybe 19, but you know to, to go out to Kilmarnock and mm. I think he, he missed a, a European tournament with England to, to stay with them yeah. and help them stay up in, in the Scottish Premiership. And I think you know from all of, of what I've heard, he's he's played very well. I haven't. You know, been able to watch him or, or seen any of the games or anything like that. But whenever I've seen him play for Liverpool, he is, you know, a real talent. And we don't know quite what's going to happen with the new formation that Liverpool are playing and, and that sort of thing. But I think Luke Chambers, if you were looking for a left-sided player to play a little bit of left centre back and a little bit of left back, I think he is the the perfect sort of fit. Really, whether he's got the ceiling to go and, and play for Liverpool at that level, time will tell. But. I really, really like him. I think he's he's got a really good chance. I think he was was one that the Pet Linders picked out a couple of seasons ago, along with the likes of Kate Gordon and one or two others that mm. people be really aware of. I think he was was one that went under the radar a little bit. I think you know for, for pre-season, for for the future, possibly a loan spell for for next season. But you know, Andy Robertson's not getting any younger. Costa Simicast, we don't know how long he's going to be prepared to to sit there and, and be the, the backup. I think Luke Chambers is, is certainly one to watch in the future. And it was a good start to his loan spells. I think he needs another good loan spell, maybe yeah. move to the, the championship, a similar sort of Harvey Elliott to Blackburn type deal. If, if Liverpool could do that kind of thing next season, I think that would be, you know, a real, real good step for him. But yes, yeah, certainly he is probably, you know, other than the obvious ones that we'll talk about a little bit later on, the likes of Ben Doak. I think mm. he is, he's in that group really, of really, really do watch out for him. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's fascinating because you're right. I think he has gone under the radar quite a lot. Maybe it's because it's not a sexy position necessarily being a left-back. You are more intrigued by your Ben Dokes and your Kay Gordons of this world. But yeah, I, I, Neil Jones brought him up to me recently as well. Neil Jones was waxing Liverpool about him. He'd been really impressed with his time up in Kilmarnock. So maybe we do need to start paying more attention to Luke Chambers. And I think, as you say, 
alone moves to the championship will get more eyes to him it'll draw our attention to him more and I think that could be the move and not only that in terms of developments you know we know how difficult the championship is as a league that's not to disrespect the Scottish Premiership because that's also tough but the championship it probably doesn't get a lot tougher quite frankly and in terms of you know scrutiny pressure having eyes on him that feels like a good fit to me um just want to go through two more people who spent time on loan last season. Um, just very briefly, Pitaluga had a spell at Macclesfield. Now, I feel like he came back with an injury as well. and I don't quite know how it went for him prior to that. Have you got any more details on it? Yeah, um, the, the loan spell, I think, was was cut short uh, because of, of the injury that he sustained. But I think before that was was very much impressive. And I think that was one that I was slightly surprised he'd gone that low down. We, we yeah. do see it with goalkeepers sometimes that they go a little bit lower down the, the leagues than, than what you might expect. But yeah, he's he's one definitely to, to watch out for for the future. Really highly rated. I think you know if Liverpool can keep hold of Ruben Kelleher for another year or two and then mm. maybe he wants to, to, to move on after that, that might align quite nicely in terms of sort of getting Pitaluga ready and, and ready to, to take on those sort of minutes that, that he's had in those competitions. I don't think he's necessarily ready to go from Macclesfield to Liverpool, but, you know, potentially there, there could be another loan spell for, for him. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, again, haven't haven't seen him play at Macclesfield, but all the, the, the sort of talk around him and, you know, how much he was impressing was was very much, you know, what you'd like to hear in terms of, of that loan spell unfortunate in the way that it ended but mm. I think that there should be should possibly be a, another loan for, for him next season and, and kind of see where he's at from from there but yeah certainly one to watch out for and I always think it's hard with a goalkeeper to, to kind of judge them at youth level for Liverpool um, yeah quite often Liverpool are fairly dominant they don't have to, to do loads they tend to score quite a lot of goals at, at that level so even mm. if you know, they've scored three or four and you concede one or two it, it doesn't always matter that much I think if you really need to, to go out and, and test yourself on loan and, and that's kind of when you can gauge exactly the, the levels of, of these players and you know, I mentioned it with centre-backs before the age sort of comes into it Marcelo Pitaluga could be you know six or seven years down the line he could have had six or seven loans and then he's ready to, to come in and, and play for Liverpool it's it's very much a slow burner with him but I think he is you know a real talent and, and someone that they've they've definitely got their eyes on sort of developing further and and hopefully he can be another Kelleher maybe even you know go on and, and play for Liverpool a little bit more regularly than that as well yeah another Allison would do wouldn't he brilliant so he's ticked that box at least and no I think you're right I think there'd be suitors for him sort of further down the pyramid but goalkeeper is such a difficult position to judge because you're right to the point where Liverpool you know, dominate, you know, win a lot of games at the youth levels and stuff like that. So you don't get the full, you don't get the full taste of what he's like. But then if he goes to League Two, that can be sort of a real baptism of fire as well at the same time, because it's a lot of physical, you know, get the ball in the box type football. And that can be tough for somebody who is still literally growing as a person, let alone a footballer. So, yeah. I think I think that's important, actually, to take from the Macclesfield thing is that we know at that level, obviously, again, with the caveat, I've, I've not seen it with my own eyes, but I think you can imagine some of the crosses and some of the centre forwards that he's going to be coming up against. If that can't toughen you up, then I don't think anything can. No, exactly that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that is a especially for a young lads from Brazil. That's real tough. Do some of them away days with Macclesfield. Yeah, wow. Um, I was going to talk about Reese Williams, but I won't. I'll move us on. I feel like he has faced a difficult couple of years, much like Nat Phillips, and probably time for him to move on again. Um, I won't get your thoughts on it. Let's just move on. Some academy lads. Um, ben Doak. Everyone's really excited about Ben Doak, let's be honest. So you can talk to us about just how excited we should be about Ben Doak, of course. And I think it's been muted in recent weeks that 
he's not going to go anywhere. He feels like sort of the, what would it be, the sixth choice striker or attacker sort of behind Mohamed Salah. not a bad place to be, is it? Um, do you think he's ready for that? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't completely rule out a loan move. I think, you know, for, for someone like Harvey Elliott, I know Liverpool weren't necessarily, you know, pushing for that, but Elliott felt that he could get more minutes if he went out on loan and it proved to be the right thing for him. And, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily completely rule that out for, for yeah. someone like Ben Doke. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to go and, and have a full season of, of minutes and be a regular if you get that loan deal right. But yeah, I think he's definitely ready. Of all of these players, he's the one that you can look at physically and think, you know, you could throw him in in a Premier League game. He wouldn't look out of place. He wouldn't be knocked off the ball. We've seen it a couple of times. I think it was against Aston Villa, was it, where he let the ball go through his legs and just ran around and just sort of got on the end of his his own little dummy. I think, you know, he's, he's full of confidence, full of quality. I expect his role to, to grow again next season. Again, the Europa League could be one where you start to, to, even if it's 20, 30 minutes off the bench for a couple of the games when the group is already done and Liverpool have already progressed, hopefully, into the knockout stages. I think there will be opportunities for him. Obviously, with all of, of these things, you've got to kind of hope and and pray, really, that the domestic cups kind of fall their way. If if Liverpool get Manchester City away in the uh, FA Cup and the League Cup, then maybe it's it's a little bit trickier for him to get those back that pathway to, to minutes but yeah. yeah, I think with Roberto Firmino leaving another forward coming in not necessarily the priority for Liverpool I think it makes sense to use a couple of these players I throw hopefully Kate Gordon into the same bracket if he can get over his injuries and, and come back to where he was but I think Ben Doak is almost a, almost a certainty I think to, to play minutes for Liverpool at, at first team level next season if he's still here um, but as I say I wouldn't completely rule out a loan move I'm sure there'll be Inquiries, I'm sure, you know, top end championship, maybe even a couple of clubs in the Premier League would be interested in him because you know he's he's very much ready to take that next step. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do. Thanks to Matt and thanks to Dan for that one. Yeah, some really good stuff there. Want to just let you guys know, depending on when you're listening to this, our first episode of our Roberto Firmino, Bobby Firmino Best in the World documentary will be out at 7pm UK time on Friday the 23rd of June. So it's after that, it'll be there for you now to go over and watch completely free. Just head on over to the Red Men TV's YouTube channel and you can watch episode one of our amazing three-part docuseries focusing on the legend that was and is Bobby Firmino so yeah YouTube channel go over watch the Bobby doc I'm sure sure rather that you will absolutely love it if you want like I say more red men in your life redmenplus.com is the place to be but make sure you're following us on all the socials search for the red men TV and follow us there if you wouldn't be so kind or you would be so kind rather if you could on this very podcast app give us a five star review and all that kind of stuff as well it really does help us out thank you so much for listening to all these clips and for me rabbiting on a bit like I say go and check out the documentary I promise you you will love it it's absolutely amazing and we'll be back with another red men weekly next week see you in a bit when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.